0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
1: All right, what is going on, everybody? What's up? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Wednesday night? Well, actually, this is drop-in on Wednesday morning. We're taping this Tuesday night. Finer Wings Club, episode two of Talking Buffalo podcast. Coming to you, well, taping live anyway, from Sports City Pizza Pub on Niagara Street on the west side. And I love this place. I was here once, and it's only fitting that I have Sal Capaccio with me because you are actually the one, Sal, who turned me on to this place. I'm from Ah. the west side, born and raised in the west side. But I left, and I had never even heard of this place until you told me. I didn't. About where'd you it. grow up? I grew up um, right off Forest Avenue, Abbot yeah. Place. Um, yeah. yeah, right, right near a wow. couple blocks from Elmwood. Like, yeah, this is this is my this, old stop. This, this
2: area has changed a lot. We can talk about that, but it's it's definitely, and we're right around the corner here. I, I don't live far from here. Uh, thanks for having me on your pod. I appreciate it. Good to be here to do it because, yeah, what happened for me was how I kind of discovered and got to know this place. Years ago, I I actually got a tweet from Mike, the owner, who said, hey, I just opened up a new place. I'd love you to come by and visit, you know, and I, sure, you know, I'll I'll do that at some point. Never really did, though. I never had a chance to, but I always knew where it was. And then I have a, um, my best friend, his name is Chris, and he's an attorney, but he play, he does, um, he does poker and cigars with his buddies and they always get pizza from here and they bring it to where they're playing. And he would tell me, you got to go into this place. The guy knows you. I told him I'm a friend of yours and you love it. They got all the games. So one night he's like, why don't you come in with me? I'm going there one night just to hang out with a couple of the poker guys. So I came in. I'm like, oh, my God, this place is great. So short while after that was the uh, NCAA football championship game several years ago. And looking for somewhere to go. This is pre-pandemic. Looking for somewhere to go, watch the game. And uh, I I had uh, Perino and Marcel... I said, hey, there's a really nice place down at Street, Sports City Pub, and I brought them here, because I enjoyed it the first time with my buddy, and my buddy came with us that time, too, so that's how I got into it, just basically, my friend invited me here after I had already known where it was, and I knew nothing about it, once I came in, I'm like, this place is great, and the food is awesome. Sometimes,
1: I I almost take pride to a fault on knowing, like, good wing places and pizza places and and spots in Buffalo, but... Somehow this place evaded me for a long time. In fact, it wasn't, like I said, until a handful of months ago where you first told me about this. We're going to talk about the wings in a few. And by the way, at some point, we're going to eat some wings. So when we take our sponsor break, Dale and I are going to mow down some wings. And then we'll talk about what we got in front of us and and how they were and everything. But, you know, by by the way, family
2: place. I brought my family in tonight. Just so everybody knows. It is it's a sports bar. They have lots of things on tap, obviously the wings. But um, we're doing this. And I brought Max and Yana, my wife, in tonight because Max is a Yankee fan. Yeah, he's watching the game. So just letting everybody know, it's a family place. He uh, he's grown a lot. I seen. Yeah. I remember we did, show, we did a show. We
1: did a show with O'Neill's Yeah, not, not last year, two years ago. Yeah. So it was in twenty, like the summer. Of he 2019. was five. He's seven now, turning yeah, eight.
2: He's getting so. Yeah, he cool, is, man. and you know the way it goes. You you got a boy that got real big.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but besides the food here, and this is the thing that really blows me away about this place, it's it's like modern looking. Like the lighting is great. The setup is great, but it also feels very neighborly. I love too. it, You know, yeah. it's not like downtown modernly. It's like neighborhood feel. Tons of craft beers, too. I mean, if you like, if craft beers, your thing, there are like dozens of them. There's like, what, six, seven big screen TVs going on.
2: There's memorabilia. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff going on there, man. It's really good.
1: It good really people,
2: is. too. Now, how long you been on the West Side for? So, when we came back to Buffalo in 2011, you know, I moved from Florida to Buffalo, and, you know, we've talked about that before and how all that went down, but... Kind of didn't know, like, is this going to work out? You know, I'm, I'm like, well, you know, I was starting back over in radio and I was part time and my wife was starting a new job and staying in her her business. She's a uh, substance abuse counselor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but we didn't know. Are we going to like it? Is it going to work out? And I said, what if I suck at WGR? Right. And people don't want me there or something like that. So we decided to rent for a year and we we rented actually over on West Utica, which is close to the west side here. Elmwood Village. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yep, Down yep, there. Yep. And uh, we were right off Elmwood, like two, two houses from Elmwood. Um, and we rented there for about a year and then things were going well and it looked like, you know, things were going to work out. And my wife said to me, I don't want to pay anybody's mortgage. We need to buy a house. I said, okay, well, you know, it's, it's tough. And the market was starting to, starting to pick up a little bit, not what it is now. Right. And we didn't really, uh, we didn't really have a specific place where we wanted to go, but we went to a realtor and he basically pointed us in this direction. But what's funny is Pat, because you'll appreciate this is he basically said, look, there's some houses that we wanted to be in the Elmwood Village. He said houses are pretty pricey there. You can take a look. This is a little out of our price range. Uh-huh. He said if you want to you want to go more west side, I can find you something. But at the time there was like, eh, you don't want to go past this street or that street. You know what I mean? This is the way things are right yep. now. It's not. It's but but you can get it, find a nice price, a, a fixer up house or whatever. So we found a, a really nice house we liked. She liked much more than me. I looked at this and said, are you kidding me? You want to buy this? She goes, oh no, we're going to fix this. We're going to do this. My house was built in 1901. We've made so many changes. It's amazing. Now, my wife is amazing at what she's done. The original hardwood flooring is back. Um, We exposed the brick uh, for the, the chimney, right? All that. But now, where he said, like, you don't really want to go past that. Now it's like, that's where you want to be. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's how great it's been. That was in 2012. We had spent one year renting bought in 2012 and here we are nine years later we've been in the same home of all the things about buffalo like as a city
1: that i love probably the most important thing to me is the west side again i've spent the first uh 19 and a half years of my life there i've been back and forth there my whole life and i when i grew up in the west side it it was nice i mean there were just like any other neighborhood you know or i should say most neighborhoods there's Mm -hmm. good areas there's areas you really don't want to be it was like that when i was growing up as i got older and we moved away. It got worse for a while, at least anyway. Like the West Side kind of, it went downhill for a while. I mean, it, it, it was getting bad. Crime was way up. Um, people that I grew up with were moving out from the West Side and going out towards Kenmore and Tonawana. But over the last eight to ten years, somewhat like that, people have really started to come back. And there's just a lot of good things now on the West Side like this place. Do you kind of feel like you're a West Sider now? Now you're not from the West Side. You well, just, you grew up somewhere completely I grew up different. in Cheektawaga, but you yeah. know.
2: It's funny, when people ask me where I live, I say Umwood Village West Side area because I'm actually kind of right in the between. It's, it's right there. Literally, like, you walk outside my house, if you walk about 200 yards, you would say you're in the Umwood Village. Mm-hmm. You walk 200 yards the other way, you're on the west side. We're, like, right there, right? And so, no, I wouldn't say that because I think there's such a history here, but I take pride in living here, you know? But I don't say, oh, I'm a west sider because I think that, that that's for people like you who grew up here who take pride in, like, really the way where it was and where it mm-hmm. got to. You know, I came in, I'm nine years here, on this side of, uh, of Buffalo. So I take very much pride in it. I love the fact of we have so many friends that live on the West side that we've made since we've lived here. But isn't that kind of um, what you just said, is that an example of what's going on really a- across the country, but especially in Buffalo when we were growing up and we were maybe in our twenties or thirties, probably especially thirties people just were moving away from the city. Yeah. They were going to the suburbs Yeah, when we were growing up. That was that way. It's not anymore. People are coming back to the cities. I, I did it. And I, and I think that's happening all over the country but especially here in Buffalo, I think people are just recognizing how no, how cool it is to live in the city. Elmwood Village, it's such great people. Watch, yeah, it is. <laughs>
1: it's it's amazing. and there's a lot of other media people I know that live like around the Elmwood Village area, and uh, and friends of mine. And, and like you said, so you've been on the podcast. I think this is actually the fifth time. Which, by the way, I always come to you when it, I only come to you when it matters, Sam. <laughs> you know, first episode ever. Again, yeah, this I appreciate is like that. episode. Right. I think this is like three hundred forty-eight now. You did my first one, uh, you did the hundredth one. The first time I did a wing show at O'Neal's two years ago. I had well, you I'm back on the West Side here. Got we kinda go up. way
2: back. We never knew each other. We never met each other, but we were on message boards together. Yeah, right? Yeah. We went and everything. And I remember when you were um I was I was trying to kinda of get back in radio. I was coaching and teaching down in Florida. I was on the, the Buffalo Range and Bill Zone message boards. You were very and, popular on those Yeah, shows. yeah, yeah. And um and you were and you were a little different than me. I was um I remember, like, and you did your Fox Sports thing. You were writing. You were trying to get on and, yeah. and have your own, you know, column yep. for them. You were in yep. this contest they were doing, right? Yep. Wasn't that yep. the case yep. right there? Yep. And then you had the Bill Cowher thing happen and all that kind of stuff. in the wings, you sent you, were, you were trying to send Bill Cowher wings. We did a billboard, right? I remember all that. We didn't know each other. But that's how I remember. Right? Yes, that's all true. Our, kind of our relationship yeah. kind of. Yep. That's what happens to people now. Social media. And now it's Twitter. Now it's Facebook. Whatever. But back then, it was the message boards and how we kind of linked up like that.
1: Yeah. It was. Those were fun times, and I feel like in some ways, I mean, we're completely different in a lot of ways, but we at least have a couple things in common. One of them, again, you live on the west side now. I'm from the west side, but, and we're not gonna jump into it, because what I was getting at when I was saying that you've been on this podcast is we've talked up Florida plenty, so we won't really deep dive into that. But what's different now for me, at least anyway, is the previous times where I've talked to you, because I've had this podcast for about three and a half years now. I lived in Florida, each time and now I'm back living in Buffalo not just visiting so this is different for me and I'm still kind of getting a little bit used I mean I spent 45 years in Buffalo and five right. in Florida and I, I I don't feel like an outsider don't get me wrong but it's just different like that's what I wanted to ask you like when you came back from Florida and back to Buffalo did it take a while for you to get adjusted at all did the things feel different like did you look at things different whether not necessarily better or worse just different because I'm sure you you'll agree with this. Better, or w- better or worse, Florida's different if nothing else in Buffalo.
2: Oh, uh, Florida is 100. percent But actually, I'm kind of the opposite of that, and and I was away much longer. I was in Buffalo for 18 years. I was in Syracuse for four years uh-huh. to 22. I was in Florida for 16 years till I was 30. What? So that would be 38, 37, 38, right? Yeah. Um, actually, Pat, I felt like I didn't miss a beat when I came back to Buffalo. Yeah, I. I'll tell you what's crazy and weird, though, in a a weird way. I don't know if I can describe this, but I remember moving back and driving along the 33. Now, I grew up in, if you want to call it Tyrunda, Cedar Grove Heights, right where the old Buffalo drive is, right next door there. Right, People, I'm sure, know where all that is, right? I hope. Maybe if you don't, it's right off the 33 off Harlem Road. I grew up there, and then I moved. I lived literally on Harlem Road, on a house on Harlem Road, for you know through my high school years when i drove on the 33 when i first came back i don't know how to describe it it was this feeling of angst and anxiety of it was it was emotional for me Mm -hmm. and i i i don't know it it felt like i would never left but at the same time like should i be back because you know there's an old saying like you know once you leave you know you you can never come back. Or maybe people say, why would you come back? Right? Like you, you're, you're living your life. And I, and I, and I questioned myself, I think in my head, like, am I just doing this? Cause I loved the Buffalo sports teams. Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> right. right? Yeah, that's fair, I don't yeah. know. And, and is, is this the right thing for me and for my family? But at the same time, the other part of me was pulling how much I loved it. Like, wow, this is, I love, I, I so many memories were running through my head of me growing up and being on Harlem road or in Ronda. It was emotional for me when I first came back, but I did not miss a beat as far as fitting in. And I think it's because I kept in contact with my friends. My mom had lived here and then they moved. They were down in Florida. I came back several times. I was very in touch with and plugged with what was going on with the sports teams. So from that aspect, that was not the case. But I went through a very, very wide range of emotions for a while. I got,
1: (laughs) you know, it's funny because the way you said that too is I I had family people talking to us saying, why, why are you, what are you doing coming back? Like, why would you come back? I was almost offended
2: by that. (laughs) 100%. Right? Same thing. Why would you... You know what the big thing for me was? Especially in Florida. I'm sure you got this. Yeah, you know, we're moving to Buffalo. Why would you move to Buffalo? All it does is snow. It's so cold. It got to the point where I just wanted to... I never didn't want to tell people anymore or just tell them to shut up or punch them in the mouth or something, (laughs) right? I'm like... Because I love it there. Because it's great. Because I grew up there. And I I have a chance to be on radio there, which is like my dream job. What is like maybe
1: one or two things that... Coming from Florida back to Buffalo that you notice about Buffalo that was like worlds apart different that maybe you didn't notice the first time. Because I, I'm just going to tell you one thing that I've noticed. In fact, this has to do with our show tonight. Traffic is just so much better here. Ha! It's so much yeah. easier to get around. So You don't realize that. You're from their west side, Elwood Village. We're on Niagara Street, at Sports City Pizza Pub. I came from Lackawanna and it took me 15, 20 minutes. I could come from Totawanda, Amherst. That's right. Pretty much Kenmore, anywhere It's gonna take 15, 20 minutes. Traffic here in Buffalo is just so much better. I totally took that for granted. And
2: you go from town to town in Florida and it's 40 minutes. Yeah. And and that's, a that's I'll tell you a good story. When I first moved back in 2011, um, a very good friend of mine who we grew up, we went to Cleve Hill together, he has, he's a he's a teacher in Orchard Park now, a coach, and he lives in Cheektowaga. And I wanted to go to his house And I said, hey, you know, I'm going to come over, blah, 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 you know, because we haven't seen each other. I said, I'll be there in a half hour. And I got there. He goes, I said, and I got there a lot earlier than that. Like, it took me 10 minutes. He goes, I was wondering, where were you? You said you'd be in a half hour. Where were you? I said, no, I was just in the city. I thought that's how long it took to get here. I'm so used to it taking so long, but it didn't, right? You take the 33 to Harlem Road and get off, right? It's amazing. (laughs) So that's exactly true. I think for me, um. When I was a kid, I was too young to hang out in the city, downtown. Yeah. you know, And I know there's been a revitalization, but I didn't realize how cool downtown is. And, and I know it's, it's cooler now, but even growing up, I guess I never realized because I was too young. I didn't go downtown and hang out. I, I stayed in Chitawaga. I was a teenager. We went downtown for Sabres games. That's what we did. Yeah. But coming back, I'm like, man, I, 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 when people would talk about maybe going downtown or something, even then, I'm sure there were fun things to do. That's one thing that struck me a lot of. I didn't realize how much there was to do in the city. Now, granted, again, it's way more now than it used to be, but I, I don't think I ever realized that growing up. One thing I, I kind of got my ass kicked over a
1: little bit on Twitter is, uh, so when I left five years ago, plastic bags were still a thing at grocery stores, and they're not now. <laughs> and I and I had a tweet, and I complained about that with the brown paper bags, and, and I, I took an ass whooping for that. They don't care about recycling in Florida. I'm going to tell you that right now. Buffalo, New York State, I should say, it's a whole they care about recycling, and I
2: found that shit out the hard way, man. That's funny. Um, you know, I, I I, think the traffic thing's a, a really good point, too. You know, not just from how long it takes you, but just being stuck in traffic. We just got back from Oregon. We went on vacation last week. My brother mm-hmm. lives out there. Pat, it's supposed to take us 50 minutes, maybe an hour to get to the airport. Uh, I say a little over that, to get to the airport from where my brother lived. It took us almost over two hours. Wow. Because th- it was just stop and go. It wasn't just the distance. It was the traffic. And my wife commented, She said, this is one of the reasons I love Buffalo. This never happens. Now, you might go by the big blue water tower and be stuck in traffic for five minutes. Doesn't happen like that. So I think that's a good point as well. So, yeah, I I mean, for me, emotionally was tough. There wasn't, but I felt like I I didn't miss a beat, like riding a bike. I'd been here. I know where I'm going, but I think I discovered a lot of Buffalo. I never knew, you know, since coming back. And that's been a really cool part of, of this journey. One thing we're going to do right after the break, so we're going to take a break in a second, and uh, we're going to eat at the Final right. Wings
1: Club. So we're going to try some of these wings. I've only had one or two different. Guys. Why is it so the Final be- Wings Club? The Finer Wings.
2: Club. Oh, fi- okay. They said Final. No, the finer you're, you're Wings. You're not going to be more club. wings?
1: Or what's up with you? You're going <laughs> to diet. This <laughs> is fine. This it. is going to be a very short, exclusive club. Yeah. But well, what we're going to do is we're going to try some wings. We'll let you know what we think of them when we come back from the break, and then we're going to spend a couple minutes. Kind of taking a a trip down memory lane. I got some old places and venues and stuff from Buffalo. I got a couple years on sale, but we're around the same age. And uh, I'm going to talk about some of sales memories with those places. We'll give maybe a couple minutes of Bill's talk. But anyway, we'll be right back after this break.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: in the house, we're going to talk about this food that we just had in a minute, but I got Max at the table with us. <laughs> so for the first time ever, Max Capaccio is on the podcast. got to ask you one question, buddy. I know you play lacrosse. I know you play baseball. I play football. What sport do you like playing the best? Baseball. Why? Why baseball?
2: Um, Because baseball, I get to, like, catch it and throw it and catch it and throw it, and I'm only really good at it, and I
0: like it.
1: <laughs> He's got a feature in radio.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I told him. We, uh, I tell him all the time. Maybe you could talk about sports on the radio like that. He's like, no. But then one day, I take him recently into uh, the building mm-hmm. uh, where we are, Intercom Odyssey. I'm sorry, it used to be Intercom Odyssey, and we've all the stations. And he loves listening to Kiss 98.5. Like he tells his Alexa device at night, Alexa, play Kiss 98.5. That's how he falls asleep. We go into the Kiss studio, and the DJ shows him how all it's done. And all the, you know, and he was like, wow, this is cool. And I said. Maybe that's what you want to do. Like, his face was like, oh, maybe I'll be a DJ on the radio. So, yeah.
3: You, know, you can
1: do anything we want. You know what? In fact, something just came to mind, too, before we talk about this food, which was incredible. I'm envious of you in a way because, so I have an 18-year-old son, and I'm, God, I'm so proud of him. You know, he's right. done so many great things. He's going to get an opportunity to play some college ball, which that's always amazing. But to have a 7-year-old again, man, man, sometimes I wish I could just go back. Oh, I not, not that it would change anything, yeah. just to be able to relive it because oh, those are some of the best years in my life. Just being able to sit in the stands and, and watch your kid play, whether it's no matter what level it's at or what sport it's at, just them having fun and just the joy and the joy that you get out of it. Because I, I don't know, man, watching my kid play for the last 10, 11 years or so, honestly, I think I got more out of watching him play sports oh, probably
2: than I he I totally did. get that. I totally get that. And I've heard that from many other people who have kids your age or teenagers and, oh, my God, what a great age and seven, like you just said. But I will tell you, like, speaking of envious, like, I, I – Max – no matter what he does, it's going to be awesome. He doesn't have to play sports. I hope he does. Right. But I think, and I look at you and your son and I, I'm envious. And I think how cool would it be if Max did that? Like what you got to experience and enjoy. And me as a former high school coach who's seen kids at that level go on and the parents and the pride. I mean, heck I work with bulldog. His son could get drafted this weekend. That's awesome. I mean, that's amazing. Right? Yeah. So I'm envious of you in that regard as well.
1: Well, I appreciate that. All right. So back to business here, sports city pizza pub. So, we tried five different types of wings, and I'm t- so we had medium, chivettas. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure I wrote these down right, roasted garlic palm, palm ca- cajun, and sriracha garlic, which is like their next one on the menu. I liked all of them, but I, I was partial, personally, the chavettas and the cajun. I-, I-, I had them once with shade in the cajun, and I was like, all right, well, you never know. Sometimes you might get lucky, or maybe I was just really hungry that day, so anything would have taste good, but... They're the truth, man. These wings here are so good. I, I Honestly, God, I'm not just saying it because we're here. I legitimately like all of them. I'm not a blue cheese guy. You are. Your wife is. Your wife says she liked the blue cheese a lot.
2: I, this place she, loves, awesome, and she loves blue cheese. She knows her blue cheese, so she loves it. I am a blue cheese guy, but not like only time I am is pizza and wings. That's it. Yeah. I don't eat blue cheese otherwise. Hmm. I dip my I, well, chicken nuggets. I will sometimes. But it's not like I normally have it. Like, I don't even like a lot of creamy stuff or dairy. I don't eat a lot of dairy at all. It doesn't agree with me. But I'm so used to blue cheese on chicken wings. And when you grow up in Buffalo, what comes with chicken wings? Pizza. So I dip my pizza in blue cheese because I'm so used to the taste of being together.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, this is kind of like a a buyer hot take, so to speak, before we move on. And and I'm being dead honest. And I'm being truthful here. 100% truthful. You factor in the wings, which... Obviously, this is the Final Wings Club. I'm a big wings guy. I've had the pizza before. You've had the pizza. The pizza's amazing. Again, you got a nice craft beer menu. And if you don't like craft beer and you want to drink cheap, they got PBR pounders here, reasonably priced. They got Labatt blue pints. So you don't just have to have crafts. They got obviously, you know, some booze, some wine behind the bar, stuff like that. The bar itself, the 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 vibe, the the, the TV just the way everything looks in here. And again, I'm partial and I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm partial to the West side. So I'm always going to give the West side props if all things are equal. This may be one of the best all around bars, restaurants, whatever you want to call it in all of Western New York, because it has everything, no matter what it is. This place has everything, food, drink, and and they're all good.
2: I love it, man. It's awesome. They got t-shirts that have all different kinds of sayings and logos and all it's crazy like you walk in like wait I didn't know you had that and then you look up we see all these caps these old school and new school caps all over the place all different ones it's amazing yeah right. it, it is a very cool place I enjoy it and I'm glad that you uh have found it enjoying to be able to do this well I'll tell you through our years our
1: relationships and all the times we have had you on the podcast the thing I might be most grateful for you is that you told me about this place there you go buddy I probably wouldn't have even known. but anyway all right so again Sal and I close to the same age I'm like a couple of years but I wanted to hit on a couple things, like kind of like a, a little bit of a, a stroll down memory lane, bring up some places. Older people listening to this podcast surely will know some of these places. Younger people maybe will educate you a little bit. But I kind of wrote a, a little list of things, all things Buffalo from the 80s and 90s, which again is where we kind of came up a yeah. little bit. Uh, A's let's start there
2: remember that am I do remember am didn't they have the Christmas display yeah, every year yeah. right I mean we would go down there for the Christmas display yep if people don't if you want to know what I mean by it think a Christmas story when they're walking and they see the Christmas and that's when he sees the Red Rider it was kind of like that it in downtown <laughs> Buffalo right yeah the A A's Christmas display was always huge but yeah all of those uh, amm A's was basically a department store it had Different kinds of clothes and all those kinds of things. We see a lot of those around these days with like JCPenney and whatever, but I remember going downtown specifically every year for the Christmas display. It was it was magic to look yes. at it for that time. Honestly, I didn't care about AMNAs the other 11 months No,
1: of the year. that's right. <laughs> that's exactly right. There's another one. Brand names on Main Street. I don't know how familiar you are with that. They had the catalog. We used to order everything. Oh, yeah, the catalog. That's what I know.
2: I don't remember going to the store. I remember the catalog. (laughs) You look in the brand names catalog, and uh, there was definitely, it was everything from clothes to appliances to bikes, right? I mean, yeah, you'd you'd look in the catalog, and how often did that come out? Once a year, once every six months maybe? I, I, I don't remember, but. That's it's weird just to think that you used to physically
1: order stuff in a catalog as opposed to yes. today with Amazon and everything. Is no, just that's stuff. right. I totally that's right. I remember that so different. Now this one I, I brought up to you before we started taping. You weren't so much a record theater guy on Main Street, but I totally was. So that's why I wanted. Yeah,
2: to and, and again, I didn't venture into the city so much. Um, you know, I mean, I was a. I, I we lived in Chihuahua. I I was there. My brother, a little older than me, he's he's uh, he's three years older than me. We are both drummers, and we were, you know, we love music. And I remember he would go to record theater a lot, and he would get and he would come home with the records, and I would listen to his records, right? But I remember, you know, going and getting the Oz, him and getting the Ozzy Osbourne record or whatever, you know, and something like that. But yeah, that, that was a big, a big deal, record theater, and you know, for many, many years. I, I think they're finally just kind of recently just closed down, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the case. I didn't go there, but uh, I I knew all about it and I knew a lot of people who went there and it was a a big deal for people. That was my like, and it's kind of like, it's technically the west side.
1: Quick story, funny story, I was rich for like one month. The summer of 1989, I was 18 years old. I got like seven, $8,000 in a settlement from when I was a little kid, I got in a car accident and that was like seven or $8 million to me. Sure. Back in those days, I went in the record theater and I probably bought about 75 cassettes In the history of the world, Nobody ever managed seven thousand dollars worse than I did because I spent it in the summer and had nothing but like. Mom cassettes. and Dad did not tell you you no, cannot do that no, or get no, mad or anything. No, no, That's amazing. No, no, no. they really—they wow. didn't know about some of my wow. ventures with that money. But all I right. was the guy who would show up with the beer. I was the one who was just everyone pitching for the beer. I bought the beer for like a month. I had all the cassettes. I had about eight pairs of sneakers. So I spent all that money. Side story: You said something about your brother with drummers. Tell us about your dad because we were talking about this a little bit. Musicians, see, I, every time I talk to you, I learn something new. I never knew anything about this, but your father had a, a very big musical
2: background. Yeah, my dad uh, was a singer and a popular singer in Buffalo, and he had a group he started. My dad came here from Italy, and I'll tell you the story about my dad. Uh, my dad came from Italy when he was um, 12 years old, and he, he changed his birth certificate to work, so... He was born in 1944, but because he wanted to help out the family and work and he wanted to make himself you know, old enough, he changed literally to which say 43 so he can get a job. Back yep. then it might have been easier to just erase it. I don't know, whatever. Right. So when he passed away, it, he's he was legally 49 years old and he, he actually had died of a heart attack at 48. I'm actually, I've, I've outlived my dad now. I think we right now I'm outliving my dad. You Me know too. what I mean? I, like right around this year, this time now, but so he, he never graduated high school. Uh, Spoke Italian. They grew up on Swan Street. You know him and the family. I I, I have a bunch of uncles. They all came over. Um, But he was in the army, Vietnam War. You know, um, you know he had a he had a very interesting life. But one of the interesting things was when he came back from when he was out of the army. He um, he was a singer and he, he had a band. And his band name was Johnny and the Fires. And he's Johnny, and he was the singer. And they were very well represented in Buffalo. And they used to work a lot with some of the local radio stations on gigs and they would go places. And I know stories because one of the uh, members of the band, Sam Gorino, is his name. He's still alive. He was the saxophone player and he played with my dad when he was 15 and 16 years old. And he would tell me stories and I'm on the radio one day in Buffalo and I get a message on Facebook from this guy and he says, are you John Capaccio's son? i heard you on the radio you have the last name and you sound just like him i said yes he said i'm his saxophone player from johnny and the fires back in the 1960s wow and i'm like are you kidding me so now i'm totally interested because i didn't know much about my dad's you know tell me more about it right they had a record i have the record at home i have a 78 there's 45s there's 78s right mm-hmm. You remember yeah. the 78s yep, i remember my dad johnny and the fires they made a record of 78 the recording studio was on northampton street just off Main, across from the Delta Sonic on Maine. You know where that is? Mm-hmm. Right there in that building across the street, not the post office, the one on the other side. There used to be a recording studio in there apparently, because on the record, Pat, it literally has the address listed where it was recorded. That's how I know. Wow. So I looked it up. Right? And I'm like, you know what? I could actually pull up. Can I pull up the actual um the song? Yeah. My brother sent me the song and I have it and I have to I have to grab it for you right now. And I can actually play the song through my iPhone if I can right, right now for you. So give me a second. Maybe you talk about these wings real quick or something. I'm, <laughs> well, gonna t- I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna bring this up if I can do it. I think it'd be very cool if I could do this.
1: I, w- I definitely wanna hear it. That, that, that's a fascinating, uh, well I'm trying to grab something here. Cause I actually, with this mixer, if you have,
2: is, do you have an iPhone? I have it right here. Do you have an I, iPhone? I do have an iPhone. Well check this out. Can we play Johnny the Fires? So this is my dad's song called Stop Look and Listen. Okay, my dad is the singer. Okay, and, and here's the thing about it. Um, so, he was. uh, They played at a lot of Buffalo nightclubs, and they were really popular. They went down to Olean, I guess, a lot to play. They just went all around, and yeah, it was really cool. And people. So my my graduation party from high school, my dad was still alive then. It was the coolest thing. One of my greatest memories in life, Pat, is my dad and me and my brother sang his song on a stage because we had a band at my graduation party. That's my brother's cool. band played. <laughs> my brother was in a band. He was a drummer. I'm a drummer. He played, and my dad got up and sang, and we all went up there and sang Stop Look and Listen together. Do you want to put it in here? Put it on, put it on, see if it can play on your mic okay. because I just realized I don't have the channel on for this. Okay, I'm gonna do this right here. Here we go. This is Stop Look and Listen by Johnny and the Fires back in the late 1960s. sixties. Johnny is John Capaccio, my dad. <laughs> You like it? That's awesome, dude. <laughs> I'm the saxophone player who I met, you gotta hear the sax pirate. Here we go. It's coming up. It's coming up. Here we go.
1: out of wild man wow
2: there you go baby that's stop that looking, and listen amazing. what you johnny in the fires ballpark <sighs> um i guess it had to be 66 67 somewhere in there
1: wow that's so awesome, man. Yeah. Well, I know what the promo is going to be for this episode. Now. I think I so, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Pretty crazy. Forget the wings, man. We got- <laughs> I know, right? right? I got a couple more. One of them, this is something everybody knows, The Odd, obviously. Um, Younger or, or new, you know The Odd. Like, What are one or two of your favorite memories
2: from The Odd? Um. So, I would have to say going there, obviously, right, was the... I'd have to be a memory from going there. It couldn't be maybe something just watching on TV. Used to go to the Sabres Open Practices when I was a kid. Oh yeah. And we loved it, and that was because I wasn't, We didn't. I didn't grow up with money, we couldn't go to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. When I went, they were in the Oranges, right? But that was my time to go and sit low and watch the team. I remember going to the Open Practices, my brother caught a puck when I think Tom Barrasso threw one, a, a bunch of pucks over, my brother <laughs> caught one, right? I remember the Open Practices were the best. We used to go to the Open Practices, have a great time. Uh, as far as like games and things like that are concerned, I don't know. I, Oh, I tell you, I, I saw, saw Gilbert Perot. I think he had a hat trick against Quebec Nordique one time that stands out. Mike Ramsey beat the living heck out of one of the Nordiques players. I think during that game, it was pretty cool, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, then we had really interesting one was, Oh, I give I have one circus was in town in, in Rochester. Sabres didn't make the playoffs. Rochester Americans did. So the Amherst have to come to Buffalo to play their first two games because their Reno's being used for the circus. Mm-hmm. So the Amherst come to Buffalo to play in the playoffs. Amherst have a young man named Ray Shepard. We all want to see Ray Shepard play, right? Yeah. He's coming up. We're like, this kid, Ray Shepard, we all got to go. I'm in high school. So we go to the game. They're playing the Hershey Bears. We get there early. Me and my buddy Lex, uh, I told you about him, Matt Lexer. He might be listening. He's a teacher and coach in Orchard Park. A couple other friends. We're with, their, with somebody's dad. We go there early. Pre-game warm-ups. There's yapping and yapping and yapping going on. Next thing you know, in the pre-game warm-ups, Pat, there is a huge brawl. Everyone on the ice is just going at it. It's amazing. No refs on the ice. It's the pre-game warm-ups. <laughs> it's incredible. And there was guys swinging sticks at each other. It was one of the more amazing, horrifying, like things I've ever seen. Right? It was crazy.
1: I feel like I sort of remember that. Well, there's sort a of.
2: there's a YouTube video, and I don't speak fondly of this because it's it's horrible. One of the players got really, really seriously hurt, like on the Hershey Bears, like his head or something. There's a, a video you can watch. But anyway, a bunch of players got kicked out of the game, and they didn't even play, right? And the game went to overtime. Remember, that was crazy. They got kicked out before the game started. It was The, the rest came out. That was a memory. I also remember walking through the corridors one time. Again, with Lex, we used to go to a lot of games, you know, when I got older and sit in the oranges. We're walking through, you know how they the ramps that went up to like the blues and they ramp up to the oranges? Mm-hmm. And somebody's just yelling at the top of their lungs, Get security! Get security! <laughs> There's some guy passed out. I don't know. Those are the things. Like, the odd was just a weird place, man. The smell. I remember the smell, the look, all that. That's what stands out about the odd. I don't know if, if
1: you remember this, but like they would have the scoring leaders up. And this was before the blogs and before like even the yeah. newspapers. Like, that was my way to find out who was leading the leagues and scoring.
2: It was like the Red Sox, the way they put the numbers, they have to, yeah. you have to change yep. it manually, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. you're right. Yep. Yep. I remember all of that. It was crazy. Let's wind down. A couple more here. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Stallions. I don't know how many people know
1: them. They were a soccer team, 1979, 1984.
2: Come on out to see the Buffalo Stallions <laughs> live and boom, boom, kicking at the yard. <laughs> I remember that. Steve Jen, Steve Jungle. I mean, for like the New York team, maybe Steve Jungle was like this great guy. I remember the name. Um, Tony Marolo Marolo maybe was the goalie? Was that his name? Tony Marolo, I believe, was the goalie's name. I think. Um, I can't remember. But I, that's I so yeah, I remember I didn't go. I didn't go, but I remember the Stallions.
1: I do too it and ironically, like years and years later, Rudy Pikasinski, you know, Rudy and Randy, the, the brothers, the Pikasinski brothers, they were they were probably the best players okay. on that team. I lived with Randy at one oh, point okay. uh, uh, down the road. One more, and, and then we'll wrap up here. Pilot Field being constructed uh, in, in the late 80s. What
2: do you remember So about it? Uh, one of the last years ever of War Memorial, we go to a game on a field trip. We you know The, the school takes, uh, the, it's like junior high field trip, basically. Pilot Field built when I was early high school, ninth grade, 10th grade. Early, uh, I'm in middle school, field trip, we go to a day game, amazing story. We're sitting there. Now, the way the stands were configured was, and this isn't a Pilot Field story, but it gives me a chance to tell this story. You sat kind of on the field level. Remember for some of the, 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 because the stands didn't go, you had the football field, but it was really a baseball field. So on first base, it was a bunch of seats. Yeah. And then it went up into the bleachers, right? So uh, Conehead, who obviously is still around, Tom Giroux, great guy. Conehead, he was young, but he was doing it back then. This is the the late 80s. Conehead was serving a beer kind of behind us. And a foul ball comes screaming past me and my buddies. We're like, Phew. and I'm not kidding you, Pat. Conehead bent down to pour the ball, pour the beer and the ball hit his cone and it flew off his head. <laughs> right. That was our reaction. We were laughing. Years later, years later, 10, 20 years later, we see Conehead, me and my buddies at a game and we tell him this story. My buddy's like, oh my God, it was so funny. And he looked like he had this look in his face. He goes, wouldn't have been so funny if it was like two inches lower, which he's right. Right. But right. he remembered that, and Tom's a friend of mine now. We talk all the time, but it was amazing. What I remember is just like, wow, this is cool. Are we going to get Major League Baseball someday? I remember it opening. I didn't go. Tom Prince hit the home run. They won one nothing. I know that. Rainy, dreary day. You can find all that stuff on YouTube. But it was just kind of disappointing we didn't get Major League Baseball, but in the end, I think it was probably the right call for Buffalo because I don't think we could have supported three Major League sports teams at one time in this city. Completely agree, 100%. All right,
1: so before I let you go, quickly here, uh, It's been reported by Buffalo News recently. Eric Woods gonna be back, joining the broadcast team for Buffalo Bills games this year. Just your thoughts on Eric working with him a couple years ago, and then also the job that Steve did last year.
2: Steve did an amazing job, and you know, with him, uh, you know, with him being in the business for so long on the TV side on CBS, you know, knowing his knowing his role and what his job is, and you know, he was amazing to work with. And Eric as a guy who was not in that role was unbelievable to be able to jump right in as his first year when he did it with us and, you know, be a part of the broadcast. I was just really blown away. What I love about both those guys is though, you know, they, they're just great colleagues to work with. And, you know, there sometimes, you know, something happens during a game. I have something to say. I'll tell Murph. That's the best part about Murph. He, he never tells me, no, if I have something, he knows it's important. He allows me to say it and he he gets to me when he can. He can't every time, right? Every second. But those guys, that's what I love about them. They're great to work with. There's never an ego about, no, 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 we don't need to hear from you or we need to hear from me. That They're a great team. So I'm really looking forward to Eric being back on the broadcast, of course, but I'm super super—you know—I'm super happy I got to work with Steve, and he did a great job. And him being still on the radio, it's the best of both worlds for someone like me who still gets to work with both of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cody Ford, there was a tweet some
1: fan, or he calls himself a fan anyway, tweeted a bunch of nonsense It basically said after just two years that he's probably the biggest disappointment of the Brandon Bean era, and Cody Ford kind of clapped back at him a little bit, said, I don't care what you or anybody else with negative thoughts got to say anymore. You don't sign my checks or know the real. What I wanted to ask you, I mean, that goes without saying. That guy was an idiot who tweeted that. That was just uncalled for. Tagging other players when you got something negative to say for them. That's just attention-seeking, and I hate that. But it's one thing if I say something dumb, I got 5,500 followers, somebody might get at me, but man, you're over 100,000 followers though. That's a lot of followers. So what comes with that territory are trolls. Like that guy who was clearly trolling Cody Ford for reaction. I'm sure you get some of that on a semi-regular
2: basis, obviously, but how do you deal with that? How do you deal with idiots who are just trying to get your attention, saying dumb things? So Pat, I would tell you that we should have a podcast about this sometime and just talk for a long time because- <laughs> I think it's a, it's, it's something that I've kind of had to navigate through a lot of different ways. And, um, I think I'm far better at it now than I used to be. I still give attention sometimes to people I shouldn't give attention to. And I, I get bothered when I do it. I'm like, why did I do that? Um, I I would say that it's an ever evolving process and it's ever changing process. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer. There's no one way here. I think what I do now though, is try as much as I can to just kind of tune that out and if it's someone who does it a lot or I notice on my feed I'll just mute them I won't block them just mute them like because then you can follow me still I'm just not gonna hear from you no. right um I don't have a lot of people muted I don't I definitely don't have a lot of people blocked I went and unblocked a lot of people a long time ago like hey, if you want to follow me that's fine I might mute you though and I don't have to hear from you um so you know it's it, it it gets a little bit frustrating sometimes but I will say I get it a lot but only because I had a lot of have a lot of followers I. 95, 99% of my followers are amazing. My tweets are amazing. My mentions are great. They're positive. I'm an optimistic, positive guy is who I am. You know that. And um, I just try to leave that at the door. So it's ever changing for me. And sometimes I do respond when I shouldn't. But I try to do my best not to and just move on.
1: It's easier said than done, though. Correct. Absolutely, 100%. And again, I have far
2: less followers than you.
1: And even I go through a little bit of that. I'm not going to bother asking you about your level of concern with COVID outbreaks. Obviously, you're concerned about it. We we'll see what's going on with the Olympics, other sports right now. Players having to to miss games. Not to mention what's going on with some players and stuff like that. But when are you going to find out like how things are going to work operationally for you, like for the upcoming season?
2: That's like the middle. It's a good question. Pushes. I think it all de- a lot of it depends on the league and the protocols, and then what the Bills have to do as far as that pro- those protocols are concerned. We don't know. So again, every day we're getting different kind of information on how everything looks. We might not find out. in here. It might be different in the preseason than the regular season. And then it might change in the regular season. So we know some things as far as how all of us, you know, we will at least have some in-person interviews, but it'll be socially distant. But as far as me, road games, are we going back on the road? How are we traveling there? Is team playing the charter? All of that really still you have to be decided, to be quite honest. Last question. Got through the
1: entire podcast. I got to ask you at least one Bill's question. Training camp's getting ready to start. Just give me a guy or two that you're really looking forward to seeing at training camp this year, whether it's somebody who's competing for a roster spot, somebody who's maybe competing for a starting spot. Just one or two guys that you're really specifically
2: looking to be locked in on. F.A. Obata, defensive end. I think he could be a difference maker. Um, he could be a defensive tackle, too, by the way. I think they really like him, love his physical tools. He's so raw to the game. I think he could be someone to watch here and be, okay, let's see you know what, what, what this can be uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, That's one guy I would say. And then I'm really interested in that cornerback battle. I think Dane Jackson can win it from Levi. But, man, every time you say that, Levi wins that battle. I think that's going to be a great battle.
1: I agree 100%. And with that, we're going to put a bow on this episode. It's Tuesday night. My man Max is still out here chilling. (laughs) Late into a Tuesday night. Lots of fun, though. Sports City Pizza Pub, 1407 Niagara Street. I'm telling you, I promise you guys, wings, pizza, craft beer, the, the, the environment everything about this place is awesome. So Sale Capaccio, WGR 550. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Sales Sports. He's only got about 95,000 followers. 104. Than- <laughs> 104, that's it. Thanks, Not buddy. that I'm counting. <laughs> it's always great to have <laughs> you on.
2: Thanks, buddy.